Hello, and welcome to Best of Five, your weekly FGC talk show brought to you by less people than normal. Efren and John are both out this week. John is out because he loves another podcast more than our own. But Efren is out for a much more legitimate reason, as Cammy, Cammy Salinas, his baby was born today, just hours ago. So congratulate Efren and Eleni on the birth of their new child. Oh, she looks just like Efren talking about T-Hawk. Oh, God. So sad. So sad that he's not in the game. And, of course, I am joined by Steve, ace-king offsuit jerk. How does it feel doing it? We're, we're, it's just us two, man. Man, I feel so at ease. You know, I feel <laughs> like I, 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 I didn't want to say anything while they were here. But I feel like you and me, we carry the show, man. I feel, I feel that, too. And it's very obvious by the attendance today. But, no, of course, we are very happy. And the chat has celebrated many times now. For Efrenelonies. And of course, Elon is here too, and he'll probably help chime in this week. No, I won't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, and we will start it with a CPT recap. Uh, Not just a CPT, a CEO recap, really. Let, 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 yeah, let, let, let's do that. We, we've expanded. We are more than just the Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, CEO. The big event of the weekend, obviously, so much happened, part of so many pro circuits, uh, including uh, the Injustice 2 Pro Series, which uh, carried the day on Saturday. Uh, and you see Samij once again uh, up there. He got second at the first event, or excuse me, um, Samij and Tweedy uh, in the grand final. Tweedy won the first event, got second here, so he is the person on t- top of the pro series standings after just two events uh you see sonic fox tying for fifth aka not winning it's still a little odd to see you know even though he's got his priorities elsewhere uh he only entered two events last year that he did not win and already he's uh not won the first two events this year so it's still odd to see sonic fox not at the top of this list but it's a testament, uh, he, I think, to how good people have gotten that if it's not your main game, it's no free ride, not in any game at this point. Yeah, I mean, Tweety, Samij, those guys have been on the come up for a little while. Uh, you see some of the guys that have been uh, regular features on last year's Pro Circuit. Uh, guys like Scar getting back into it, Hayate. Uh, there, there's no easy outs here. You know, if you don't come with your A game, you're going to you're going to run into some problems. Uh, let's kick it over to the games that went down on Sunday, uh, starting with Tekken. Uh, if you did not watch this top eight, you messed up. And I know I say that a lot, but especially this, this one. Hype. This one was ridiculous. John Ding, after coming so close so many times, uh, on the Tekken World Tour, finally gets his first win, uh, taking it over his UIU teammate Kudans uh, in the grand final with a spring kick. <laughs> as crazy as that grand final was, uh, it was only fitting uh, for that to be how it ended. Now, as a Tekken um, scrub, I was told like not to do that move. Like many yeah. many great Tekken players were like, don't spring kick, but apparently everything has its place. Hey, I'm blocking here. Thank you, that Unsung not, Hero. That is for subscribing. Are you gonna clap, Steve, or no? I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about that spring kick. I'm sorry. You you deserved a better clap than that. I apologize. Uh, I want to I want to shout out Lil Majin. The run he first of all, I will never get sick of seeing a king in top eight. But Lil Majin was ridiculous. Uh, he knocked out uh, hey, Saint, I believe, here. to get into top eight. And then he took out Jimmy J. Tran, first person to ever knock him out of a first American player to beat him in a Tekken World Tour event, which is ridiculous. Um, that run he went on was insane. Uh, So shout-outs to him. Hopefully he can make some more runs uh, as the season goes on. And and shout-outs also to Beats by Noel Brown for subbing. Thank you. One of our longest-time subscribers. Once again, thank you. Yeah, Beats by Noel Brown subscribed the first day we had a subscribe button. Yes, he did. So thank you, sir. I remember that. And I I know he loves us reading off his name. I know he does. (laughs) Uh, 
what that does to the Tekken World Tour standings, uh, you see John Ding jumping up into third place. Kudan's up to fourth. Um, you also see Joey Fury, who again, you know, last time he at uh, Combo Breaker, he beats JDCR. This time he beats Saint. So he is, he is pulling up some big results. He is the last man in the field right now. Uh, Jimmy J. Tran, not on that list yet. He's got a lot of work to do uh, to to get into that top 19. It seems like there's very few free or like events that not a lot of people show up to in Tekken. It seems like every even ranking event is considered, you know, high enough stakes. It's so hard to climb without actually beating top players. Like no well, one's yeah. going to sneak in. Yeah, especially uh, with how they stretched out the season this year. Uh, if you look at the offline schedule, there's only one weekend all year where there's multiple offline events. Everything else, there is one spot you want to go to if you're a Tekken player. So if you think that you can just stroll in and win a couple of easy uh, challenger events to get into the finals, it's going to be tough because there aren't really going to be those easy spots. The best you can hope for is maybe guys like me, like JDCR, once they lock up those spots, those top spots, they might take some time off. But even then, uh, you've got guys like uh, like Dimeback who's traveling more. Book who made top eight this weekend. You wouldn't normally see a player from Thailand, you know, a year or two ago coming to a U.S. event like this. But he's there. There are not going to be any easy outs going forward. So you got to get those points when you can. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of getting points, let's talk about uh, Street Fighter Five and a whole bunch of points going the way of Fujimura. Uh, running it back through uh, the loser side, uh, Hai, what a return for him. Uh, just short of the win, but a great performance hit for him. Uh, you see Fianam and Sako rounding out top four. Infiltration number five in the standings. Number one in our hearts after his entrance. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but if you look at the that lower left-hand corner, Kami, Guile, Ibuki, Minot, you, 13 of the top 16 finishers. Three of yeah, three of those characters were pegged right at the season 3.5 patch as being you know easily in the top three. The only one. Who's missing is Akuma, and we do see an Akuma, you know, in ninth. So, yeah, it does seem like the balance of the game is really focused around these characters. Yeah, it's just ridiculous to see. Yeah, And that was a focal point for, I, I know you're going to mention it uh, when we talk about Dragon Ball, how, you know, seeing the same characters can be detrimental. You know, you look at those four, and probably the biggest offender uh, from a spectator standpoint, at least, it's going to be Manat just because of the way she gets her stuff. It's, you know, those keep away characters tend to be not as entertaining to watch from a neutral perspective as some of the other ones. So when they're dominating, uh, it tends to be uh, a, there tends to be more hoopla made over it compared to, say, if like an Akuma or a birdie was was making it happen. Certainly, yeah. And we saw, I think, like 10 camis in top 64. Yeah, we're definitely seeing, and a lot of people have switched to those characters, top players. So I think it's, it gets a lot of flack for that reason. But it was really entertaining regardless. And seeing both Phenom and Shaohai have such like returns to grace at this tournament was pretty good to see. I mean, both of them have been good, obviously, the entire time the CPT has existed. But Shaohai was like in the running for the best player in the world at points in season one. And after a long gap, to see him get second is a huge deal. And Phenom as well. You know, he got second at E-League last year and is now finally, you know, bouncing back into third. And he beat the, the two best Minots in the tournament. So he's shown that Nikali has a place in the metagame, at least for that, because he dominated infiltration. Now, how much of that do you think is because it's Minot? And how much of it is because it's his Minot and he's so familiar with the character for as long as he's rocked it? I think it's definitely a mixture of both, of course, but I do think Nikali 
has an interesting counterplay to Minot because of the side, the ground pound full screen that stops her from just kind of harassing him so easily as a lot of other characters have to deal with. And then his great jump, a lot of other stuff. He, he's good at taking down zoners for the most part. All right. Well, let's take a look at the global standings. And we have a new number one on the Capcom Pro Tour leaderboard. Fujimura jumping up over to Kido to take the top spot. Infiltration moving up to second as well, also passing to Kido. Uh, Knuckle Dew remaining in the top five. Uh, Chuan and, Sh and Swag Skeletor, who has arguably the best name in the on the CPT, right around those last spots. You know, it's top 27 guaranteed. Uh, and 27 through 30 is separated by just one point right now as we near the halfway, half, halfway mark. Yeah, certainly. What I do want people to realize when you look down that list is, like, it's not like Kami or Ibuki are winning these tournaments on their own. Like, the people playing Ibuki are Shan, you know, like an Evo champion, and Fujimura, who's dominated with Nash in Season 1 and has obviously proven he's an amazing player. I mean, obviously these pros with so much money on the line are gravitating towards better characters, but these guys are the real deal. Yeah. And, and and you've got a guy all uh, played by Diego something. Yeah, I Diego. I guess he's all right. No, but uh, it is that, it is really uh, incredible, like, what Fujimura has put together this season. And he, he attempted to drop Ibuki at the beginning of the season, but went back. And it's obviously done very, very well for him. He's been clearly the most dominant player of Season 3 so far. Well, speaking of dominance... Um, you know, we are coming up to 4th of July. Okay. You know, we're, we're celebrating freedom. Independence Day. More importantly, freedom. Freedom. Being free. Oh. No, uh, in the good. U.S. Uh, and on that note, let's take a look at what happened in the Dragon Ball oh Fighter Top God. 8. Uh, <laughs> Kazunoka, what a run for him. Uh, taking it over Goichi of Japan. Uh, Fenrich of Japan finishing third. Dogra of Japan finishing fourth. Yet we started the night with four American players in top eight. All four matchups were U.S. versus Japan. And all four were two O's in Japan's favor. And then the next round of games uh, on loser side, top six, were two O's in favor of Japan. U.S. did not take a single game. In top eight. I would like to say that only one game was taken by the person who didn't win, and it was Goichi in the first set of grand finals. Every single other match was 2-0 or 3-0. It seemed like people just really had it. They, for the most part, weren't that close either. Only the last, only the first set of grand finals looked like it had any chance of going any one direction. But yes, U.S. was at the bottom of the totem pole, and unfortunately pretty handily. But I mean... This is after seeing the U.S. win and get second in the summit, you know, just, what, two weeks ago? So, yeah. I mean, you like to think that this can be climbed back, I would hope. And, I mean, it's, like I said, it's you look at Moke, hey, a player I'm like him. Hey, here. Uh-oh. Thank you to, to Coppermon for subscribing. Thank you, Coppermon. But, I mean, you look at... Uh, Left it, or a player like uh, Moke getting knocked out before top eight. You look at Leffitt, who almost all he, he was, you know, a frame or two away from sending Goichi to losers. You know, it's not like it's Japan and a big gap between everybody else, uh, especially considering that you had Combo Breaker where. Uh, Sonic Fox finally had his big breakthrough. Then you had the summit, you know, two big tournaments back to back where uh, that ended with uh, U.S. players winning. Uh, so I don't know if this is necessarily temporary or if this is going to be a trend going forward. Uh, but they certainly made the most of their time between the summit and CEO. Well, we will certainly talk more about Dragon Ball and what happened there. Is that the end of the, the roundup, or is there anything else left in there? Uh, let's take a quick peek at the other tournaments that went down, because there was a lot going on. Uh, it, big event for uh, Smash, one of the biggest Smash events that are par 
part of a traditional FGC event. Uh, so you had Hungry Box winning in Melee uh, singles. You had MK Leo taking Wii U singles. Uh, Nuki taking third or taking third strike, also taking uh, the Super Turbo Tournament, which was part of the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Series, as also a Tournament of Legends qualifier. So we'll be seeing him at the finals at Canada Cup. Uh, Bass, once again, taking uh, CVS 2. I wonder when the last time he lost was. It's been a while. I think I might have been like three years old. I know that was before the game came out, but... That man's ridiculous. Uh, Kazunoko, good weekend for him. Uh, almost made top 16 in Street Fighter, uh, but he won Guilty Gear. He won uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. So he got a pair of belts. Uh, you see Knives taken Infinite. Thompson, oh my goodness. Uh, Thompson, this was a guy when I was back at the Dot Esports days, or the Daily Dot days. Uh when I first started writing about the uh, KI World Cup, Thompson, at the very first one, he was a guy on the rise. He was someone who was well-known online, very strong player, but only recently started to go to offline events. So to see him rise from that to a player who's basically on the top of the mountain in terms of KI been amazing to see so congratulations to him testament to him and guys online yes very very good net code that's why it's hard for me to crash on the idea of of uh, online events being part of these pro circuits because when that online is done right like it was in ki it there's really not a big detriment to running these events so it is possible to do it well I, I don't think any tour has done it. Like, they, they've never been so big a part of the tour that I think you should really be offended by it because it obviously helps out a lot of people to have these online events who don't otherwise travel. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how we first got introduced to Knuckledoo. Remember that? Yeah. He, he was he, uh, one, of the first, uh, one of the first years of CPT. He mainly qualified for the finals through his performance in online events. And you see how that worked out for him. So, Well, there was one more event at CEO that I know you watched, and I definitely did not. You want to talk about the wrestling? Um, I want to talk about the wrestling. Ilan, did you, did you watch the wrestling? I did. I did watch what, the wrestling. What, what, what did, are, are you a wrestling fan? So... Not as much as I was when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, th- but, there's a story because you start with the so. Uh, no, like I don't watch it as much as I, I was a kid. Like I haven't followed it all that much. But, you know, it's still cool to, you know, watch it every once in a while, right? And having uh, CEO have this as like an event beforehand was a pretty surreal thing because you see like wrestling is like one of the biggest forms of entertainment for people watching it on TV. So having it tied down to an FGC tournament was pretty neat. And the matches were pretty cool, except for that squeaky ass ring. Well, they they did uh, they did get that solved, thankfully. Uh, but man, uh, that show it was a lot of fun. You know, I don't watch as much New Japan as I would like to, but I I am a wrestling fan. Uh, it was a really fun show. Uh, you had great performances all night. Notably, first off. Um, I know the camera uh, st- camera work started off rough, but it did get better as the night went on, uh, especially at the end. I think it was really good. Um, the commentary team, which I admittedly was worried about when I first heard that it was going to be uh, uh, FGC-based, they did fantastic. Uh, Golden Boy Neil was very good um, at the at the uh, play-by-play Ringe added some solid analysis and then uh logan was the star of the show as far as i'm concerned um he he nailed that heel role perfectly so he there i heard a lot of people saying that they were better than some of the broadcast teams you hear on a weekly wrestling show so and that's not said without or with hyperbole or hyperbole, I can talk. <laughs> uh, 
so it was good that they delivered there. Uh, the matches themselves were good. Jeff Cobb, my God, Jeff Cobb should not be humanly possible. A man that size should not be able to do a standing moonsault as beautifully as he does. So he's a guy who's going to go a lot of places. Uh, other matches were fun. Obviously, the big one at the end, Golden Lovers versus Naito and Takahashi. Uh, moment of silence for Kota Ibushi's neck, please. Thank you. Now, I saw um, Jabali on the stage at one point in clips. So is that a match or what happened? Uh, Here, I can, I can fill in for this one. So I have a small theory. I think Jabali was supposed to have his own match, but uh, we saw, I think it was on Thursday, that he really messed yeah. up his ankle. Broke his and ankle actually, I think, he, I think he mentioned like he, was, he broke his ankle while rehearsing that match. So they had like this, they had this dude do like an open invite thing. So they got a couple other people on there to throw a couple of like throwaway matches. And then Jabali still did like a one-legged <laughs> like version of his match, which was pretty interesting to see. And of course, he did like what did he name his finishing move? It was like the Jafali or something like that. <laughs> something ridiculously I don't funny. Know. Like, I, I I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that he went over at his own event. You know, that's probably the least shocking thing. Oh yeah, uh, but it was weekend. really entertaining to watch though, because like, it was. Uh, the other dude. Uh, People were saying in the chat that he tried to do the drop kick from dive kick and he broke his Achilles doing it. <laughs> that, I'm, I don't mean to laugh at him breaking. His he Achilles. will laugh at that five years from now or maybe ten minutes. Yeah, from now. like I don't it's mean to. Funny. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh at like somebody getting injured, but like the mental image of seeing him trying to do the dive kick from dive kick. <laughs> That's pretty funny. He pretty he's good. going into surgery this week, so uh, rest up. Uh, we probably should mention uh, the bit of controversy that popped up from the wrestling show. Uh, the show started with a dark match, uh, which is sort of a match that is just thrown on to get the crowd going, get them inter interested. Uh, and it involved a couple of local competitors, Aaron Epic and Chase and Rance. Uh, I wish I could joke about Chase and Rance's name right now because that is a heck of a name. Uh, but during the match, uh, it became well known on social media that Chase and Rance had a sex offender conviction on his record. Uh, he was convicted earlier in this decade for having sex with an underage girl and crossing state or having them cross state lines to do it. Uh, it blew up throughout the weekend. Uh, Kenny Omega, who was involved in organizing the event as well as performing, he apologized. He made a second apology later in the week, uh, in, including offering refunds to those who were offended by his performance. And we actually have the quote uh, from him, if we could pull that up. Thank you. Uh, let me see. Oh, I'm on the wrong one. Sorry. Do you want me to read it? Uh, yes, please. Uh, Kenny Omega, I allowed our ring crew, also a wrestling school, to participate in a dark match, minus graphics and music, as a show of appreciation for the hard work they'd done to help prepare our set for the show. They were a large group of people, and I'd very simply asked for two guys that could have a basic and effective dark match. Chasson and uh, Epic were the wrestlers they chose, and I was reassured they were more than capable. The match itself went fine, and both of them were a pleasant backstage, but I didn't realize until much later via social media that the match caused trauma among some fans. By no means do I wish to support or defend these people. I trusted blindly and potentially tarnished the name of an event that was very important to me and took a lot of time and finances to realize. I'm sorry for anyone who is truly hurt by this and can assure people that I won't be taking chances like this in the future. I will monitor every, I will monitor every detail directly if and when we challenge CEO X NJPW Part 2. So, yeah, uh, obviously a pretty crappy situation. Uh, in his first apology, Kenny mentioned that he only knew Jason uh, in passing once. Uh, and then some people found some pictures of them uh, hanging out, uh, looking like more than just once. So there was some controversy about that. But this is... I don't know what else you can do at this point. Um, you, you don't necessarily go in thinking, okay, this this guy who I'm about to ask to jump in the ring, which he 
he didn't directly ask either. They're just part of the wrestling school in the city, uh, which is pretty common in wrestling shows. Uh, you don't necessarily think to ask, hey, do you have any sex conviction convictions on your record? Uh, but this is the sort of thing that if you're a TO, if you're an event organizer, you're you're basically on the front lines for everything that could go wrong. Um, and that's something we'll talk about a little bit with CEO itself and some of the feedback. Uh, so some people are going to be less than satisfied by this response. Some people are going to think they've done all they can. Um, it'll now be interesting clear. to see how things go forward uh, if there's a uh, second edition of this next year. For clarification, he had been convicted and tried and served time. Yes. Like, yes. And, and he had also, he, he, he's required to register his address with the state of Florida, but he had no other restrictions on him. So he w- it wasn't like he couldn't be within a uh, certain distance of kids or anything like that. So it's, I think so, it's above the scope of our show to talk about whether or not he should have been allowed. But obviously, it seems like Jabali and Kenny themselves feel regret for it. So, I mean, take that as you will. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, and I, unfortunately, this does segue to something else that happened this week which is Kuroda being arrested for a similar charge. Yes. Um, This kind of hit a little bit before the show. Um, The report is that he uh, had, he met a school-age girl through Twitter, um, high school age, I should say, but still under the age of consent. Uh, They had some sort of relationship. Uh, The mother or the parent of the child found out and reported it to the cops, uh, and he was arrested. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of details beside, beyond that, uh, but it's an unfortunate situation all around to see someone who, who, who has been so important to the scene, especially the, the Street Fighter scene have this happen to them i would like to state the difference i mean this is obviously a new charge whereas with uh rance it was a very old charge and i mean there are definitely people who think that you know with reform and stuff they're very different situations that being said yeah i mean what you said is true i mean the corona thing is obviously horrible it's horrible for the girl it's horrible for the family it's horrible for everyone and it's really sad i mean it wasn't weeks ago that corona was on daigo's show daigo's twitch show and, you know, like having girls on his lap and, you know, being joked around about for that. So, I mean, you wonder how appropriate things are when someone is so obviously, you know, and, and vocally and outwardly depressed and whether or not, you know, where that fits in. And, I mean, what he did was obviously blatantly, absurdly wrong, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a horrible situation all around. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been in positions, especially when I was younger. When I'm sorry, I it wasn't Kuroda on Daigo's show. It was a, it was a different one, but I mean, it, it's yeah, Kuroda. it was a, a variety show. Yeah. But, but I've been in positions where, um, you know, when I was younger, I, I felt like there was nobody out there who would be interested in me. Uh, no woman would want to even touch me. Uh, so. I, so when you get to that point, it it's. I I think this is going to go into this is going to come off as you know defending him, and I'm not. Uh, this is obviously something that is terrible that shouldn't have happened that he shouldn't have done. Um, but when you're when you feel that way, especially when you have people joking about it. Um, it can get to you in really bad ways. So hopefully he gets help. Hopefully he um, bounces back from this. Hopefully the family involved and the girl involved uh, get some peace and some closure on this as well. Um, hope I, I just hope the best for everyone involved. Certainly. Uh, I assume this means the movie that was supposed to star Kuroda or like life of Kuroda is probably going to, you know, be pushed to the wayside going to be well the nine road actually came out and they said uh we've heard the news we're we're 
going to take a step back, see what happens. Uh, so I've not heard anything uh, since then. So they're just sort of in a wait and see mode right now. Well, I think we're going to move on from unfortunate FGC sexual assault debacles. And Thank on you. to Dragon Ball Fighter Z. <laughs> um, this was, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I just want to talk about it a little bit more. It was a crazy week because, you know, we said Dragon Ball has been blown wide open. It's not the Goichi versus Sonic Fox thing anymore. Hook Gang God won. And now we have a new champion at the biggest tournament yet, Kazunoko. And, you know, I'm going to give myself some props here. I did call him as the guy to watch out for last week. Um, he did. He he really dominated this weekend. And he did actually lose. He came from loser's bracket. He lost to Goichi um, earlier on in the winner's bracket. But he came back. He beat him 2-0. He destroyed everyone else he played. And he did it without Cell, which was interesting. Because I mean, 23 of the top 32 competitors had Cell. Something like 10-plus had Kid Buu. The balance of the game has been a huge, a huge issue. And you know his team is great. It has, it has Kid Buu and it has Gohan. But it also had Yamcha. And I think it really helps people see some light in the game, seeing a character that was considered as bad as Yamcha replace Cell on a team like that and still end up winning. So congratulations to him. Um, you know, America got blown up pretty bad, but I think it's obvious that they can bounce back, and I thought it was really good for the game that this happened overall. Like, you know, the different winner with a different character, et cetera. Now, do you think that, uh, you know, you mentioned 23 Cells in Top 32. Do you think that how, how how worried would you be about that if you're Bamco? I'm I'm honestly shocked they didn't announce any sort of balance patch for after Evo or something like that. I think people are hoping really badly that it does come. It, I mean, people I, what people need to realize is it's the first version of a game, and it's the first version of a game that came out in 2018, the year of you know Twitter and tech going way faster than it used to. These games get blown open way faster. And when there's a top-tier character, people are more likely to gravitate to them early than it used to be. And there's a lot of old games where I think if Street Fighter IV Vanilla had come out, you know, you would have seen this sort of proportion of Sagats and Balrogs and Ryus. But that being said, yeah, I do hope that Bamco does something about it. And I think almost everyone, even the people playing Cell, hope Bamco does something about it. Because, yeah, it, it looks ugly. It does. Now, now if there's... If there's a similar situation at Evo, which could very well happen, and for a lot of people, you know, this is the one uh, tournament a year they watch. Um, if there's that sort of thing, do you think that would negatively impact the perception of the game, or is are we too entrenched for it to matter? Is the game too far established to? you know, really take a hit like that. I don't think it'll take a huge hit. I think it's a little unfortunate. I think it may make some people, you know, who are on the fence and maybe be like, eh, I don't want to play Cell, etc. So I really hope that if there is like, a, you know, a eight Cell top eight, they mention something about a patch afterwards. I think hey, that would be a sting. And I think the game's really entertaining, even despite that. We saw people are calling Leffen versus Goichi, which was unfortunately not a top eight match. You know, one of the greatest matches we've seen all year across all fighting games. Uh, Leffen definitely proved, you know, he complained about seeding all week. I uh, mean, all, yeah, all week leading up to CEO. I think his seeding was fairly accurate based on his results pr prior to that, but he proved, you know, by only losing to Goichi and Dagura and by giving Goichi such a fight that I think he does, you know, he's proved that he deserves to be considered one of the top players of the game. And I, do we have a clip of that match or no? No, we don't. Anyhow, it well, was for, the, the first ending. of all, Ciro. We we got to give a shout out to Ciro the hero uh, for subscribing. So thank you, thank Ciro. You, Ciro, appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, basically, at a glimpse, it was a full minute of Goichi on a sliver of health, blocking, pressuring, doing everything so safely to finally take down Leffen's Android Twenty One. You know, with one solitary hit off of Vanish, it was. It was insane. It was so obvious that both players were playing to win that match with everything they had, and no one really made any mistakes at all. It came down to a single mix-up. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, I just uh, linked the set in chat if you haven't had a chance to watch it. Uh, the final minute of that was ridiculous. You know, and Goichi's de defense was incredible. Leffen's was, too. Yeah, no, it was, you know? Leffen played great. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Um, but it sort of harkens back to what the um, 
one of the game directors said about Goichi. I think it was uh, one of the Blaze Blue uh, producers a couple months ago, right after final round, where he said that, you know, when, you know, if if you have a player like Goichi who doesn't get broken that easily, it kind of breaks the game. And that's sort of what we saw here. No, I mean, it looked like you could have given Leffen like 10 hours and he may not have ever opened him up. Every Dragon Rush was teched. Every overhead was blocked. It was, yeah, it was, it showed that the 1v1 game really just comes down to a spacing battle because the mix-up is not, not good enough to break Goichi. Yeah, you need to beat him some other way. Dengeki Bunko, by the way. That was the, uh, it was the producer of that game who said that about Goichi. And we saw Shenron in the same match. It was it was wild. It was truly wild. And it showed yeah. that, like, despite balance and, you know, other issues people may have with Dragon Ball, they did a very good job of making it feel like the anime and be insanely hype. I mean, just the constant super dashing, the Shenron summoning the different characters. It worked out really well. Yeah. That, that, was, that game was a show this weekend. Tekken was a hell of a show. Um, the players themselves put on a hell of a show. Uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. A uh, couple things I want to touch on uh, real quick uh, in terms of player free agency, because there okay. were a couple of moves here. Uh, Equinox, you, you saw in the second standings that Dimeback had some letters in front of his name. Uh, he got picked up by Equinox. Uh, so you are, if you're a Tekken player, guess what? You're going to be dealing with this man at far more events now. Um, and he's a player who is going to be, like I said, e- even if JDCR, even if Saint, even if Nee aren't there, this is going to be a guy you're going to have to worry about. So congratulations to him. Uh, also, Luffy, uh, he announced that he was leaving Team Ares. Uh, still still uh, part of, still a Red Bull athlete, so he still has sponsorship, but... Um, It'll be a big hit for Aries going into if and when we see a fourth season of uh, the Gfinity Elite Series in Europe. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, replace him. Yeah, and the sponsorships have been a lot bigger of a deal lately. There was a long time, at least in American fighting games, where, you know, like EG dominated everything. But the Uyu versus Panda versus Echo Fox battle has gotten pretty crazy honestly i mean we've seen players from each of those teams win in almost every game imaginable and like the having three power teams i do do think makes it more fun to watch and seeing you know other teams try to get in there has made it exciting and you see you know foreigners at every event regardless of where they're foreign to so that's pretty fun yeah and it's not even just those three you've got the quote-unquote smaller teams like uh in the skies with little Majin. Uh, you've got the Japanese players under Yamasa. Yeah. You've got uh, Circa still doing some things right now uh, for a little bit. Uh, the team Kudo, not not the yeah. player with Mage. Yeah, so it, it, it's just great to see not just not just Tekken, not just Street Fighter, but a wide variety of games uh, where players like f- three four years ago. You wouldn't necessarily think an anime player would get sponsored beyond, you know, just like the top one or two in the world. Now you're seeing a bunch of players get sponsored in Dragon Ball. A bunch of players get sponsored in uh, Guilty Gear. You know, I'm sure that we'll see some a few players get picked up for Blaze Blue as well. Uh, Blaze Blue tag once that once we get a little closer to Evo. So, and speaking of Evo. We're about a month away uh, from that, and Mr. Wizard announced the standings. In all his uh, power and glory. In all of his power and glory, uh, and there is so much power and glory there. Uh, So not a huge amount of change in terms of uh, the order, except for Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Uh, jumping ahead of Smash Wii U in, in uh, terms of that's wild numbers. to me. I did not expect that. Yeah, I, I honestly thought it was going to be dead last. And it's obviously not announced. because of the amount of players for each game. No one on earth would deny Smash for Wii U has more players than Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. It just seems like the you know the representation is such that everyone who plays Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle will be going to Evo, and it's that important to the scene. 
Whereas maybe right. Smash, due to some of the issues they complained about last year, is is and maybe due to Mr. Wizard's you know attitude towards the Smash community is falling down a little bit. Now who yeah. knows where it'll end up, but this was shocking to me for sure. Yeah, I mean I, I've mentioned it before. For in terms of the Smash community uh, versus and how they see Evo versus how most other see see Evo. Uh, most other traditional FGC scenes see Evo as the big tournament. Yeah. For Smash, it's a big tournament because you've also got Genesis. You've also got Big House, which just opened up registration. Uh, you've got Smash and Splash, uh, if you're willing to run your own pool. <laughs> got, uh, there's just so many big Apex, all the 2GG are... tournaments. I mean, they do a lot yeah. of stuff, yeah. I saw a clip uh, of your brother. Slash, oh, man. Alter Ego Doppelganger. Yes. Uh, so if you, if you're a Smash player, you've got a ton of options if you want uh, more Smash-centric experience. And, of course, uh, Smash for Wii U specifically is going to be succeeded by, you know, Smash Ultimate in just a few months. So could explain a little bit of that, too. Yeah. And Nintendo's probably going to be happy about that. They'd love to see uh, Melee get replaced by Ultimate as well, I would assume. But that is not going to happen. The, no. the, those guys are in it for the long, long, long haul. What if all those discs go extinct? I mean, I don't know. It's a question for, for someone else. Anyhow, um, there Dolphin, was also baby. another big money announcement for another big tournament, Tokyo Game Show you mentioned before the show. Uh, yeah, this one was just announced a little earlier uh, today or uh, yesterday in Japanese time. Uh Tokyo Game Show, oh, I'm so off. Uh, Tokyo Game Show, the premier event at that event, uh, will have a prize pool of 10 million yen, which current U.S. value is about $90,000. That's gigantic is, for a non-tournament-ending like, series. Yeah, especially, cons especially considering you know most premieres have a, that $15,000 pr uh, prize bonus. On top of that, uh, if you finish, if you are a Japanese player and you finish in the top eight, you will get a uh, pro gaming license. So that's finally happening. I mean, they didn't used to be like SBO had no money. Like these tournaments before had no money at all. And a lot of people theorize that that's part of, you know, why some players didn't play certain games and why they'd only come to the U.S. and why people were like, you know, weren't able to travel, et cetera. So this is making pro gaming a more viable career path over there for a lot of those guys yeah i mean there's still going to be the issue of is this the right way to do it but this is the way it, it is for now so no one's gonna if complain. you yeah I, I mean momochi's still fighting that fight oh yeah but, that's true uh if you if you want to make a living doing this it is now possible or at least maybe not a living uh, unless you're one of the top handful of players, but you know, it could be a worthwhile venture for you. And I think that wraps up most of our topics. We do have a block grab and a question of the day. Which do we want to do first? Uh, Oh, before we get to that, okay. I just wanted to mention, uh, since it's July now, uh, we are in the heart of tournament season. Uh, it, and just oh, yeah. look at how busy this month is going to be. Um, look that first number, especially 11 CPT events, uh, three of them happening this weekend. You've got uh, the third weekend of the month uh, is going to have four CPT events, including a premiere in VS fighting. Uh, you've got, Five Red Bull Conquest events. You've got four Tekken World Tour events. You've got the second Dragon Ball Fighter Z uh, World Tour saga. You've got an Injustice Pro Series event. Uh, it's just insane how much is going to be happening. Uh, not just these next couple months, but this month in particular. So if it, there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of movement on these leaderboards. Certainly. And I mean, right before Evo, of course. So I'm sure people will be doing a lot of traveling to prepare at that level. It'll be interesting. Maybe some people will travel less just so that they can prepare specifically for Evo. Because I mean, winning Evo in basically any of these tours that involve Evo 
pretty much guarantees you a spot as it's usually placed in a higher points bracket or something along those lines. Yeah. And that was one of the interesting things about uh, the schedule change to Evo, which I don't think got mentioned a lot this weekend. Um, in the past, it, there's only been like two weeks between CEO and Evo. So you had a lot more people sitting on tech, sitting on strategies. You know, this was just kind of like a dry run before uh, Evo. Now with more time, you know, I, I cool feel point, like yeah. we saw a whole lot more people going balls to the wall um, compared to uh, previous CEOs. Um, oh, speaking of CEO, we should probably mention the uh, issues okay. uh, some people have had with the city. Um, you know, a lot. there's been a lot of feedback uh, about CEO itself, uh, but there were several complaints, uh, more so than usual, about the city of Daytona, Daytona Beach, where um, previous years, obviously, CEO, the O being Orlando, the event was in Orlando, but this is the first year uh, that they went to Daytona Beach. And there were quite a few players who experienced uh, negative issues, uh, not just your, your typical, like, oh, I didn't like the food here, uh, but reports of behavior of racist behavior sexist um, behavior every yeah. sort of bad behavior i heard for sure <laughs> yeah and i mean not to say that this doesn't happen at other events by any stretch of the imagination there is no city that is immune to anything like this um but there were so many reports so many more reports this weekend than i have ever seen about a particular city um which was sad to see. Yeah, certainly. I mean, very sad to see. Now, I know Jabali did respond. Now, now it will be in Daytona again for at least next year. They signed a multi-year contract. Jabali went through all of why they did that. But it did seem like he is putting an effort to somehow change this. I don't know how much he can do to a city as a whole, but he's trying. Right. Uh, we do have his uh, quote. This is... Uh, him responding to several of these issues through Twitter. He said, quote, uh, when I searched for a new venue in 2017, the Ocean Center was the only one that met CEO 2018's Big Dreams checklist. We signed a multi-year deal to make it fit our budget. I think it met our event needs, but the surrounding area has not. I'm not taking that lightly. I plan to meet with the city to see what can be done to help ensure CEO's attendees are provided the sense of security they expect from CEO, both inside the venue and outside. I don't have answers today, but I'm listening and willing to try anything I can to make CEO perfect. So, but like you said, I don't know how much can really be done. You know, you can't, you know, you, you can, you can add more security guards you can bring in more food options so that people don't have to go farther. You know, you can bring in food trucks. You can't just take a whole bunch of people you disagree with and move them to a different city for a weekend. So I don't know what the solution is, if there is a solution. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like the, the outside of the city itself, people tend to enjoy the event. And I think people aren't blaming Jabali for this, but it's obviously a real problem. And I mean, if you don't feel safe at a tournament, you're probably not going to go and for good reason. So I, I will definitely be keeping my eyes peeled for what his supposed solutions are, because this is a really awful and interesting problem to have to solve. Yeah. So let's close on a lighter note. Um, still talking about CEO. One of the, highlights of the year of the event every year um are the entrances you know this is a wrestling themed uh event as it always has been even before they had a wrestling show uh but there were and and you get to see players show off a little creativity show off a side of themselves uh that we don't normally see and it's fun um so let's take a look I don't know. Do you want to do block grab first or do you want to do the question of the day? We'll do the question of the day first. 
Okay, so we asked you on Twitter, um, which CEO entrance was your favorite? Uh, let's start it out with the purple Sharpie. She said, easily to kill stage. She still has the sound of air horns stuck in her head three days after watching it. Uh, too Devastato went with infiltration as Val Venus. It was far too OD. Uh, Arctic Shoujo, or Arctic Shoto, excuse me, uh, still thinks it's Dominion from a few years back, which is a legendary entrance. Uh, Exeter 35 went with Sickle from KI, Lil Majin from Tekken, Apology Man from DBFZ, and Infiltration and Verloren from Street Fighter V. The crowd continuing to sing Take On Me after the music cut was magical. And uh, Papa Haunt went... uh, pointed out that Lil Majin was channeling the people's champ so hard that he even took the Mike Ross placing in top eight. What a hero. Damn. <laughs> now I will say I'm usually one who yeah. thinks most of these fall flat, but there were a few good ones this year. There always are. And I kind of enjoy watching it just to pick out the few good ones. And so that's what we're going to try to do right now with a block grab. Block grab. Crap. All right. So we are going to be going down through, I think, a list well, of like, what do you, what do you have to say, Steve? Is, is Elon going to play? Yeah, Elon I, will I, play, of course. I, I think Elon should play. Fine, I'll play. So he's going to play. I think we have six or seven of these. Yeah, yeah I, can, I, can, I can take it down the list here. Okay, uh, let's so do it. First off, the man, the myth, the legend, Apology Man. Mike, Blocker Grab. Look at him. This uh, this was uh, now I haven't seen every one on this list, so I'm gonna have to 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 review this. But this was my favorite one probably that I did get to see live. I thought it was funny. I I I was a little worried about it when I saw him come out the eye, but you know Kazunoko playing into it is I think what really made it. And having the overhead camera they had really solidified you know the exact Yamcha pose from the anime, which has now been photoshopped around 11 million times. So I'm gonna grab. And what a perfect All right, and Steve? Absolutely. Um, it was the overhead pose. It was a good entrance. Let me lower down so I, so my head doesn't get cut off. It was a good entrance before uh, the attack. But after the attack and then going to the overhead camera, that's what made it perfection. That is an absolute grab. Cool. And me, myself, uh, I'm going to grab the hell out of that because, you know, Dragon Ball Z was hype. I thought it was original. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like trying to emulate something else. They came up with something on their own and it worked. Yeah, out. and and like you said, the fact that Kazunoko played along with it made it all that you much were, better. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, for nobody sure. was. Yeah, no one was I don't think Kazunoko was ready for it. <laughs> it was it, it was perfectly done. All right, and next up, we have Captain Zack. Mike, what do you think? So, you know, I actually follow Smash 4. And the thing is, I feel like I've seen him do this like a hundred times now. And like, it's good, he did it well, etc. But I, I feel like he's got to get a new, a new, a new shtick. So I'm going to have to block because we've seen the Bayonetta entrance very, very many times now. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to not compare this to what he did last year with the double controller type. Uh, that the was slide too. under the ring was ridiculous, all right? That was smooth, but compared to how well he did last year, this this feels like a slight step back. I agree, because so the, the controller one was really good. But Zach, only because you set the bar so high last year, I got a block. So I didn't catch the entrance last year, but I'm a big fan of gymnastics and those crazy ribbons, and I think that's what he was challenging with, so I'll be the sole bl- grab on this one. I almost blocked it by accident. Fair enough. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't cringe-inducing oh. or anything to me. It just wasn't, it wasn't new. Okay, so two blocks and a grab. Next up, it's John the Ding. So this is my first time seeing this, so someone else can go first while I watch it. I will go first. This was to the Evolution theme music from WWE, if you remember that. Uh, beautiful dude with the beautiful Orton pose on the side. That was great. But then we come... To Oil King shorts, and hell? my God, yeah, no, like I'm distracted if by I had legs, legs like that, He's I would show them off. The but crowd. there's a way to do that. 
Um, yeah, I, I am just not oh, feeling that. Can. And the form yeah, on that oh, throw, that oh, is questionable. Uh, John, you got to talk to your boy here. Um, I'm going to block. I, you know, I kind of, I think this is a lot better than the alternative of doing something weird and not having it work. He walked through the crowd. He hyped people up. He looked good while he was doing it. I love the side part. Um, it wasn't a super exciting, but I think doing this is better than going for something big and failing. So I will give it a very, like an option select grab. That's where I'm at. Cool. And I'm gonna grab the hell out of it, and here's why. Uh, we had mentioned a little earlier that we have like the the big old team battle going on with like UIU versus Echo Fox versus ITS versus everybody else, and the fact that the entire UIU crew was up there with them just helped solidify that kind of storyline that you know. They're they're part of a team, man, and you know they got they got each other's backs and all that. So I'm grabbing it. It wasn't even the whole team though, cause uh, cause you had uh, you can't fit that many Yu -Yu. people. You can't yeah. fit that many people up there. <laughs> yeah, Yu Yu was uh, part of Kudan's crew when he came out. So so, I mean that's just how deep they roll. Yeah. So you got UIUA and UIUB. Yeah. Sort right. of like NW or uh, NWO A team and B team. All right, up so. next we have Little Majin. Yeah, again, first oh, time seeing this, so you can go first. He knows All right, uh, he's a big rock fan. So, uh, he, he usually comes out to the rock team when he does this, um, and he he this is. I don't know if you'll like this because he is emulating someone else, but if you're going to do it, you got to do it well. Little Majin did it so well. Um, the best part here is when he gets in the ring, goes on the turnbuckle. The little flip he does with his bag is a perfect emulation of the rock, and it's the little details like that. Um, you're about to see it right here. It's the little details like that that do it for me. Right there. Yes. Uh, this is an absolute grab all day for me. I'm going to block. I don't care about watching someone do the same thing The Rock did, but worse. You'll never impress me with this. I think K. Brad already like did the first one, and I think you should try something original from now on. That's my opinion. Like, if you're supposed to, like, if a wrestler came out and did the same intro as another wrestler, you'd be like, that's stupid. So that's what I, I think was stupid. Sorry, plot. Yeah, I'm a grab because I'm all down for, you know, emulating your childhood heroes. So that's it. Lame. <laughs> You're lame. Uh, <laughs> all right, up next, Knuckle Doo. With the Mika assist. Have you seen this one? Go ahead. I need to watch it again. Okay. So you have my wallet knuckle do coming out with Armika. Armika's got the chair. Uh, he's got the money. He's making it ring. Uh, he gets a fan uh, trying to get his autograph and then gets hammered with the weakest chair shot I have ever seen. And I have seen some sketchy chair shots. You know. The entrance is great up until that point. You know, as baller as it is to throw your own real money in the crowd, that chair shot just kills it for me. I got to block. I love the idea. I think it was funny. I think having Miko with him is funny. I think throwing the money is funny. Um, I thought the execution was a little weak, as you said, with the chair. And I think Dew's expression is a little bit of, oh, I have to do this kind of thing. Um, I still liked it, though. I think the best example of an entrance like this was Snake Eyes last year coming out with the Red Bull cans and the Red Bull girls. I thought he had way more charisma behind it, and that was like the epitome of a giving stuff out to the crowd kind of entrance. But, you know, if it wasn't Knuckle Dew, I would block, but because I love Dew so much, I have to grab him. Sorry. I have to grab. Yeah. He did his best. Yeah, and I'm going to grab, too, just for the Mika assist. Like, I don't think... Like, okay, so I think one of my favorite parts of the fighting game community was watching Tekken World Tour Finals 2016, where they had the voice actress and actor for both Akuma and Kazumi come out and introduce the players. I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff, so having like your character walk you down into the ring, to me, is pretty cool. It is fun. So, I'm a grab on it. Hell I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Alright, up next, Sickle. Seeing this for the first time yet again. Okay. 
I, I, I think we need to shut up and uh, let him do his thing right here. Because this is something that has to be experienced. What's the music? Do we know? I don't remember. But are you experiencing it? I'm experiencing it. Dude, without music, this is kind of weird. I'm it not is hard lie. to watch without music. <laughs> With music, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. It, it. He's a great dancer. But this goes on for a while. He, he He's still going. You know, this clip only lasts like a minute. It goes beyond the minute. Um, it doesn't. Okay, so like last year, Samurai did what I considered the worst CEO entrance of all time, where he wiggled his arms for like three and a half minutes while looking scared the whole time. Um, this is better than that because he looks very confident and he's clearly good at dancing. But you're right, it went on way too long. And if that had been like 10 seconds of the robot spin, walk to the ring, it would have been like a nine out of 10. But because he did it the whole way down, I'm gonna have to block. Sorry. At, at, if, you cut that, if you cut that length in half, uh, it's perfect. Um, that won't get taken out of context. Uh, block. Yeah, I'm gonna grab it because you know, you do what you gotta do. Some people like dancing. It was like almost dancing. good, but it wasn't. That's, yeah, that's my I, I'm gonna grab it for the concept. I'm grabbing the concept. It was, it was too much of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. All right. All and right. speaking of good things, Verloren. Yeah, again, I got okay. I didn't see this either. Just go so, first on so, all of them, Steve. All right. Uh, take on me. I didn't see it coming. This is the song that's playing in the background. He's got everybody singing along. He, 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 he's got the strobe lining, so it looks like he's dancing as in the uh, at the music video, the famous music video. Um, I'm not really big on the dancing, but the concept, I think, is great, and I think it worked well enough that it warrants a grab from me. Very solid, a grab. It wasn't a 10 out of 10, but I liked it. It was fast, and it was like, it, it was a concept there that he got across. I do think the Street Fighter V players were aided by being the last game. I think it inherently like makes people more excited and hype for your entrance, whereas for some of the earlier in the day games, when it's at like 11 a.m., you're, you're at a huge disadvantage. So I think a lot of the Street Fighter ones came off better for that reason, but yeah, it was good. Quick to the point, grab. Double-edged sword on that, because I mean, CEO ran so late, it ended like, I think Street Fighter started either a half hour or an hour after it was supposed to end. So at that point, you've got so many tired people there. It, it, you're getting almost into uh, Wednesday night fight territory. So, Yeah, so the West Coast was all but too used to staying up that late. But, uh, but I'm going to grab it. He, you know, I like the concept, uh, and, and he also had his homies there helping him out. Again, like solidifying the whole uh, bring, your, bring your team with you. They got your back and all that. So grab for me. And last, but certainly not least, the one, the only. Yo, I'm, I'm not even going to hold on. This hold on. Yo, In full What? Like, okay, if you do not know Val Venus from turn of the century WWE WWF this man he is a wrestling porn star that was his gimmick and this was his entrance and he nailed it this is the moment this is the moment where it goes from good to great he he nailed this perfectly he even got a shout out from Val Venus himself I, you, you can't top this you cannot tap this. This is a grab all day, every day. I'm going to grab. This is the first one of these that I feel like works as a real homage. It's less one-to-one -one copying. Like, when you're literally walking out there and trying to imitate every move, it's copying. Doing a funny towel dance and, like, obviously, like, nailing it like that, I liked it. I'm going to grab. It's the first one of those I've ever actually liked, so I'm impressed. Congratulations, Infiltration. Yeah, and I'm all down for grabbing, bringing Val Venus back into the spotlight. So, grab for me. And that, we miss you, Val. There was, yeah. I want to say I thought every DBZ entrance that wasn't the the Kazunoko one sucked. I thought they were horrible. I'm sorry. Like, Even the really Apology Man one? Hook Gang God was terrible. 
Well, that was the same one as the Casanova. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. The other ones were weak. Um, most of the ones we didn't show were weak. Uh, there was one I liked. I thought Phenom's was funny. Phenom walked by and just like, you know, like shook off a handshake from the crowd. But, I mean, it's all about the saw, games at the end. We saw him do that at E-League, though. So it's sort of like... Yeah, I guess that's sort true. Sort of like going back to the well. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. But it did have Indestructible, though, so... I love Indestructible. Who it, doesn't? Now, now I want to say, I wonder, are they ever going to, like... I feel like the entrances are way better in person, because I was there in person one year, and I feel like they've done a very poor job capturing them for the sake of the stream. I feel like they need to have the music as audio on the stream itself instead of trying to capture it through the room because it's always way too quiet. That would be great, but the issue has always been uh, copyright strikes. Oh, copyright strikes. They can't put the music on. So that really sucks because, I mean, it just makes them way... Like, half them, like, I know for Smash 4, they were putting the wrong songs for the wrong people, and you had to, like, you're so busy listening for what song it is, you can't see them. I don't know. I yeah. I wonder if they'll ever be able to fix it. But I mean, we're I mean, Twitch is uh, at one point they were striking songs from the official makers of the game for, you know, like there would be a strike for, you know, using music from a game from people authorized to stream that game. So. I, I don't think the technology is there yet. I don't think Twitch. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think about the work. copyright. I'm sure they can't afford that, and they shouldn't try. So yeah. go to CEO, I guess, is, is the new Donka theory on watching these entrances. That, that, that's the tech right there. So. And I think that brings us to the end of the show. I mean, we talked about I, CEO. What? Do you have anything else to say? I I just want to say, Efren, um, if y'all don't, if y'all don't know this man, he was so excited for this moment. You know, just months as soon as he found out that he was going to be a father, um, I am so happy for him. I'm so happy for um, the entire Salinas family. Um, they're both, everyone's doing fine. Uh, man, enjoy this because it's. Nothing like it, man. Nothing like it. I'm finally a T.O. Finally happened. I'm so happy. But yes, that is best of five. Congratulations to Efren and, and Eleni on their baby Cammy. Um, no Screw congratu- you, John. No congratulations to John whatsoever, who is doing his job instead of being on our show. Uh, thank you to Steve. Thank you to Alon. And thank you to everyone watching. That's been best of five.